Yeah, so um, Alex, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty raw um, intro. I never record anything. I just uh, tell people I'm very glad that you take your time and record with me. So this is the intro. <laughs> hey, that 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 works. Uh, we could have not uh, wished for a better time to do this. We've been planning on doing it for a while, and now uh, forcefully we were able to find the time. And here I am. So thank you for the invitation. And uh, this is actually the first podcast that I'm a host uh, that I'm a guest on sorry that's in English not in Romanian so hopefully it turns out good <laughs> how did you uh how did you even like talk a little bit about your beginning how did you get into the whole cannabis um establish a YouTube channel which I think is getting uh more attraction right in the last few months I saw your video uh views just spiked up uh, rapidly well, the the okay. Let me start with the beginning. So, how I got into the whole cannabis. Yeah, and uh, who are you as a person? What you yep. do, hobbies, and how it developed into that. I guess path. So, I'm sure people hear an accent. Uh, I'm Romanian, born and raised in Romania. Moved to the United States once I graduated college back home. Came here with an internship that was a little bit eight years ago, and. Uh, you know, I've been a fan of hip hop music since I was a little kid, then started high school, fell in love with How High the Movie, big fan of Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Biggie. So I've heard about weed since I was a little kid, kid. but uh, living in Romania, it wasn't something that was accessible or something that people knew much about it. It was always viewed as a drug and people were always talking down. Uh, on people who were known to indulge in the devil's lettuce. But uh, moving to the United States gave me the opportunity to have more access to it. You know, it's more available here. It doesn't matter where you live. Come on. If people tell me, like, I can't get weed. I'm like, man, come on. <laughs> you're not trying. You don't want it hard enough, you know. If you're living in, like, Eastern Europe, I can understand. But the situation is so different here. Like, you can literally find it anywhere. So with me being able to have more access to it, I uh, I started like learning about it, trying to inform myself because I didn't want to be one of those people who just uh, starts doing something for fun. And then years in, you find out you have a drug problem because, again, my knowledge was not I mean, I've seen the movies, I've seen the videos for the rap songs that I was listening to, but I didn't know any like info, any scientific uh data or anything like that. So I had to I had to dig a little bit and find out my own info and make sure that what I'm doing is not bad for me. And that was somewhere in 2012. So eight years since uh, I've discovered uh, a lot of benefits that I get from cannabis and, you know, a few years in seeing how my life developed, uh, having this new medicine, because for me, it's a medicine. I use it for, you know, we all have the chatter in our heads that sometimes we need to put on hold because you can't live your life always listening to what your head says. And then uh, I used to be overweight at one point in my life. I was smoking cigarettes, drinking a lot of alcohol. So when weed came into play or cannabis came into play, I started looking at all of these things as like I'm doing myself. Uh, how should I put it? I'm not doing myself any favors by indulging into, you know, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, 
eating junk food all the time and all of that. So cannabis kind of put me on the way, on the path towards regaining my health. And after I, you know, I've done that, dropped a lot of weight, started feeling healthy, quit cigarettes, cut down my alcohol intake, even though I live in Wisconsin, which we all know <laughs> is known for the amount of alcohol that people drink. And after all of that happened, I just kind of felt the desire to to try and spread everything that I've experienced and learned, try to try to tell other people about it. And, you know, in the beginning, I was just getting into listening to podcasts. This was like six, seven years ago. YouTube was still not a very big thing then. And it wasn't like now when anybody can do a YouTube video. Back then, people were still like, oh, you're telling me I can just, you know, film something. And so th th this wasn't a thing. And uh, I was trying to find the medium for me to communicate all of this. And I had a shitload of ideas in my head, but I like, you know, Facebook pages, Instagram accounts and whatnot, but nothing really materialized the way the the podcast and YouTube channel ended up uh, materializing. So this is something that I started around three years ago. I just stopped driving uh, trucks because I used to drive uh, semis for like I was a dispatcher, so I, I feel you. <laughs> oh, so yeah. And, you know, while I was on the truck, all I was thinking about is, man, if I was home, you know, I could enjoy cannabis because, you know, when you drive, you're not allowed. I could enjoy my cannabis. I can I could use this time instead of being behind the wheel to like communicate to people and start making. I don't know. I just wanted to do something content wise, but I didn't know exactly what. So then I stopped driving and, you know, I was already a big fan of Joe Rogan's. So I was like, why not start a podcast? So I started a podcast. It caught I mean you know, for your first episode to have like a couple hundred listens, that was wow. And it was audio only. So that kind of gave me the motivation to... to, to you want to interrupt you for a little bit? Was yeah. that a uh, podcast in Romanian and you posted in the Romanian sites? Is that yeah, how you so, know or was it... No, no, no. So, so you know, with me being from over there, I kind of had a... I don't know what to call it. I didn't want to go into the U.S. market. I wasn't confident enough. So, but, and but I, is, there, is there a perception where I know uh, I'm Lithuanian because I know when like you live in the United States and they see you from United States, they're like, oh, this is a cool Romanian from United States. Was it I like mean, perception? Yeah, I'm sure there's a little bit of that. I, I don't want to say 100%, but I'm sure there's a little bit, bit of that because I just put myself in, in the position of somebody living in like Rome in a country like Romania, you know, and then finding about someone who's from your own country but lives in the states and you know when you live and when you're raised back in romania you know about the states from movies that's the image you get you know so in your head it's kind of a cool thing and uh, i think that might have had a little bit to do with how well the podcast was received and then people started like giving me feedback and asking me to do it video and I was a little bit reluctant in the beginning because I, you know, I never had any experience with cameras. I was never into taking photos or videos or whatnot. So I was a little bit of hesitant. I was really awkward in front of the camera in the beginning. What, uh, <laughs> what did you just... shoot your first video with a, a phone or you bought a camera? 
I actually did it with this uh, with this webcam, man. I did uh, like uh, top five cannabis myths, something like that. It's a really it's a really <laughs> bad video, but you know it's still on, so people can go watch it if they're interested. But that was, uh, we'll, that was... we'll try to find a link and put it below after. Uh, oh, okay, I can send you I can send you everything that you need. Yeah, we'll so, so. I mean, in the beginning, when I started, I was uh, I said audio is OK to talk about cannabis because there's not a face. People won't be able to, like, you know, show me, like point their fingers at me and be like, this is the this is the druggie that talks about weed on online in Romania. But then I I saw the, the, the positive feedback. So I was like, man, I think this is I mean, this is what I've always wanted to do after I found out what cannabis did to me. So why am I, you know, being scared to do it now when? Okay, I've done it audio. Let me try and do it video because people, if they associate a face to the voice, they can relate even more. They they're more willing to listen. And uh, I did my second episode. So the first episode of my podcast was not about weed. The second one was like a history of you know, like a modern history of cannabis. How it ended up being illegal. Why is it still illegal? How did some countries legalize it and all of that. And that clicked with people. And a lot of people did not know all of that stuff that, you know, for somebody who's who's in the community, for somebody who's did their reading and research, you know the stories, you know, you know everything about the, you know. But people back home did not know that because we don't have any content in Romanian. So the only information that we had in Romania was the propaganda. And people to this day, a lot of them still refer to weed as like a getaway drug. You know, uh, they still think the schedule one classification means that weed is as bad as heroin and, you know, all the other stuff that's in there. And that kind of encouraged me to to break it down. Because in the beginning, I was okay. I'm going to talk about weed, make it clear to people and whatnot. But then people asked for more info. And in my head, it became more clear that you can break this topic down and, you know, take it easy and try and teach people everything from like, if you were to touch some, uh, teach somebody how to read, you would teach them from A, all the letters, all the way to Z, then, you know, so you would go through a process. So I said, okay, it's obvious that there's no information. There's no education on the matter, on the subject in Romania. So I'm going to assume the role of the person who tries to re-educate how many Romanians are following me about the subject. Because it's my belief that without information and education, you're not going to get anywhere, especially when it comes to it. And I think the biggest problem and the main reason why to this day is still illegal in most parts of the world is the lack of information, is the lack of uh, people talking about it you know it's uh, the big stigma that's still present in a lot of places and a lot of people don't want to you know they don't want to come out and show themselves as being like hey this is me and i think cannabis is good you know because they're afraid of the backlash and you know again people pointing fingers and whatnot but uh it turned out to be way better received than i thought it's gonna be and you know slowly i try to what I try to do is I try to make it fun. So I, I, I'm not just sitting in front of a camera and, you know, taking you through like the science. I try to use a language that the young kids understand, because the biggest problem in Romania is with the young generation. They're not as close to cannabis as the older generations. 
but they're not informed. So you see a lot of kids going out on the streets buying shit, thinking it's cannabis. So Romania had actually a very, very big problem with synthetic weed and, you know, spices and whatnot. And even to this day, there's kids that, you know, they're being tricked by people selling them shit, saying, hey, you know, buy this, buy that. And uh, it's because they didn't they didn't know how to make the difference. So I said, okay, let me tell them. How do you make the difference between cannabis and, you know, synthetic cannabis? What is synthetic cannabis? What are the, what should you expect after you consume it? How you consume it? You know, so all of that. And try to break it down in small bits of information and trying to find a way to make it engaging and fun for the people to watch. And maybe this way, some of that info is going to stick with them, you know? And since I started, so that was 2017 to 2020, it changed a lot, man. You can't even imagine the, the, the openness that people have now when talking about it they'll post pictures on instagram on facebook with them with a joint in their mouth or doing bong rips or stuff this was unseen unheard of three years ago when i first came up so imagine my second podcast was audio only and people were commenting like aren't you afraid of going to jail just for talking about it so i wasn't even i wasn't even on camera smoking or like you know, doing it. I was just talking about it and people were leaving a bunch of comments like, how are you not afraid of, you know, be careful. FBI is listening or, you know, whatever stuff like that. And the way it is now, and so many other people have uh, jumped in the boat. It's just incredible. You know, in the beginning, I thought it's going to be something that, you know, I'm going to do it for a while. Hopefully there's some nice results, but I never expected it to get this big. I never expected it to have uh, this this much of an impact, you know, and slowly other people were encouraged, people who are more knowledgeable than me. So I am I am by far the least knowledgeable of all the people that do content about cannabis in my country online. But I see myself as the one who opened the gates, you know. And I don't claim to be the best or know the most or whatnot. And I've given everybody who knows more and wants to do this an opportunity to come on my platform and share all their information. And slowly we ended up growing a big community. So my my following is like 36, I think, 35,000, something like that on YouTube. And then I have all the other, you know, social media stuff and whatnot. And we're slowly getting to that point where in Romania, if you talk about cannabis, people are not going to look at you weird. You're just like, you you know, you're a junkie from the corner of the street. Dude, uh, when you started the podcast, um, you're, did, you, did you move here with your parents or by yourself? No, so it's it's just me. I'm, uh, I'm the only one here. All my family's back home. How did, did you uh, communicate with them when you started making the podcast or is or did they find out eventually? <laughs> I mean, they follow everything I do, dude. It's actually funny. Like whenever I do YouTube lives or Instagram lives or post the podcast or whatever, they're the first people to watch. So in the beginning, uh, my dad, my dad's really open. You know, he's tried this before. He's had experiences with it. He was very open to learning. So he, there was no judgment 
from my dad's uh, point of view. My mom was a little bit skeptical. And then my dad actually came to visit three years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw him just trying to talk to me and be like, okay, can you tell me a little bit more about this? What it is? What does it do? Then he was kind of like observing me whenever I would smoke just to make sure that I'm, you know, he wanted to to just observe. And then uh, at one point he was like, uh, do you mind if I try a little bit? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So you know, he tried, uh, he tried a couple of smokes and then, uh, that became like a habit. We did it every day, man. And we would go watch movies We, you know, cause he came from Romania here for a month yeah. in January in Wisconsin. What are you going to do in January in Wisconsin? It's so cold. You can't, you know, there's not a lot of stuff. That you... So we would just, you know, we would just blaze and we would go watch a movie, we would go ski, we'd go to the bar or just, you know, just have fun. And then he went home and I think he told my mom about it and whatnot. So my mom, my mom started being a little bit more open. And last year they both came to visit and uh, she finally got to see it in person. So all her worries went away because I'm sure she was worried that, you know, the belief that you smoke weed, you're going to go crazy. You probably do other crazy drugs and shit like that. So she came, she observed with her own eyes. She saw that he's responsible. He has a couple of jobs. You know, he takes care of his health. He takes care of his relationship. He, you know, so I'm doing everything a normal person would. It's just that I'm doing it while I enjoy cannabis as well. And then she started listening to podcasts where I had doctors on, you know, mm -hmm. and people who had who people who don't smoke weed, but they're activists because they have a parent or a child that needs, you know, medical cannabis. So they're fighting the fight. And then she, 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 she started being more open and now she's actually, she's a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. So, you know, people listen to her when it comes to stuff like, so, and now she's sharing, like whenever I have an interview with like a doctor or a specialist or whatnot, she'll be the first to share. So it was a little bit of a process to, you know, bring them on. But, uh, I tell people all the time, man, just by saying stuff, the probability is nobody's going to listen to you. You know, you, you can be like, hey, I oh, smoke sir. pot, but then I go and I run and I do this and I do that. But nobody's going to believe you. So shut up. Just do it. Don't, you know, and pe people are going to ju judge you by your actions. If you make sure that, you know, you take care of your part, nobody's going to be able to. I mean, even if they do, they have no arguments because your argument is like, just look what I'm doing. Just watch me, you know? So the power of example, I think for people who consume cannabis, the power of example is the best argument that they have in their favor. So if somebody points a finger at you, you're like, you do it. You don't know me. If you knew me, you wouldn't do that, you know? And that, uh, that's a message that I try to tell people who follow me. And, uh, I've received a lot of uh, good feedback from them, especially people who had like uh, issues with their parents because of it. And, you know, even though I tell them if you're at the age where you're worried that your mom and dad might not agree, you probably shouldn't be doing it, you know, because I tell people I'm at the belief that you should be at least 25 when you indulge in cannabis the way I do, because I'm a, you know, I'm a part Same. No, same. Uh, I've always had a, a this thing when I was when I was young. Um, obviously, 
I obviously everybody smoked. I smoked a shit ton. Uh, when I was young too, there was one point. My school was pretty small too, like so two thousand people, and it was pretty. Um, I would say uh, Caucasian whites, and there was like this terminology when you're uh, in sophomore or junior year, you kind of go through a period where you sell a little bit of weed. Everybody <laughs> did, and like pe- people did it in a bigger scale, smaller scale, and then there was like football players and everybody. But it was just enough to supplement their drinking money to go get McDonald's during parties and shit like this, you know, like gas money. It was uh-huh. nothing. It was nothing major, but. Um, I was, yeah, at, that, at one point, too, when I was selling auto weed, I was, like, I mean, smoking, like, heavy, like, almost as equivalent to now, um, but just in herb and, you know, with different extractions and all this shit going on right now. Um, I had the same belief, too, like, oh, anybody could smoke, but then um, I heard somebody saying um, there was a good point. is like, how would you teach your kids? And I think I would let my kid smoke when he – and there's no, there's no like um, – there's no exact verbal communication, but it's more of like when you see your kid understand what it is for mm-hmm. what it is. It's not just when like, it hey, clicks in. Yeah. When it clicks in, you see, like, oh, OK, yeah, if, just don't fucking hide it from me. Invite me to smoke, you know, or something like this. And then uh, a little shift happened too when I was like a few years later, too. And I was like, holy shit, like maybe uh, maybe it's not good. Like I. I don't think it's bad for kids. I think it's better for kids to actually like try smoking weed in high school than going out and drinking and try like getting alcohol poisoning, like which commonly we all did that. I think it's way better. But if you're really starting to pick up the habit or you enjoy it recreationally, I would definitely say like 25, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's crazy how many young people are like, hey man, I uh, you know I used to do it, but then. I heard you talk about like your brain is not fully developed until around the age of 25 and you know you might be putting yourself at risk because we don't know we don't have enough research to say does it affect or not so we don't really know it's like playing Russian roulette yep and a lot of people when they understand that and when it comes from somebody who does it you know on camera it's not like I don't have any vested interest for you not to smoke you know yeah there's enough around for everyone you know I don't gain anything from you now I'm not I'm not the authority that tries to keep this shit away. So when it comes from me, kids are more willing to listen because they're like, wait a minute. So he does it, but he's saying that we shouldn't do it because it's like a paradox. I, yeah, I guess, I mean, he, he must have a point. And then even if they don't believe me right away, they do their own research. You know, I offer them everything that's out there. And then they write me saying, dude, thank you very much. You know, I'm going to wait seven years, eight years, nine years, whatever it is. And then I also tell them, like, by the time you're going to be of age, you don't know what the legal situation might be. It might be legal, the access to good quality, the lack of stigma, you know, the lack of risk of you exposing yourself to smoking shit because you have to buy it off the black market. All of that's going to be gone. You're just going to go to a store the way you do in Colorado, pick your stuff buy it and go enjoy it. You know, it's really sketchy the way it happens now. And you know, you used to live in Illinois. I mean, it, it is legal now, but for, you know, most of your life. Right when I, right when I left, right when I left, uh, that's when they, well, medicinal was legal, but right when I left literally that week, uh, that's when they legalized uh, recreational too. And uh, there's, there's a shit ton of stigma, even in my town in Illinois where I lived. Uh, it's a little what bit town more. Is that? If you don't Lamont. mind me. Lamont. Lamont. Okay. Yeah, my um, girlfriend's out of Rock Falls. Rock Falls or Rockford? Rock Falls. 
So it's Rockwell's. a little bit more south of. Uh, oh, it's south, by Dixon. Yeah. It's by Dixon. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm like west. I was uh, west, like 20 minutes west of Chicago, 25 minutes. Um, but they even uh, they uh, even had the whole like town meetings to not put dispensaries in the town. And what I noticed too is actually they're trying to put like dispensaries in minority towns, like you know shittier where there's a little bit more minorities, Latino or African American. And I'm trying to put them over there. Um, and then, it, I mean, it's it's sort of ridiculous at the same time, obviously, with all the regulations. But the prices, too, are just completely oh it almost God. seemed like it almost seemed like um, they did it on purpose so they could get more people to do it underground so they could still have police catching the people underground. Because it's I mean, for anybody that knows the prices, who's going to pay sixty seven dollars for an eighth? For an eighth. You know? Dude, it's. Like I was, uh, I was in Chicago a few weeks ago, and I was like, uh, I was on Weed Maps. I was like, let me check to see if there's a dispensary close. I can go and buy some. So I go through the menu, and I see sixty some dollars for an eight. I was like, you people are insane. What you're doing is getting people so angry that the black market's gonna grow even bigger. That's not how you do it. Like I look at, it's it's, it's one like of those things. California. Like, is it the same in California? You said. No, there's a there's there's a lot more now. It's I, I'm not even gonna get into it, but there's a lot more and uh, like dispensary level and all the laws and regulations changing. So it's actually like pushing people to go back to black market again. So all of the progress that we had so far, some something new came out. I'm not really that's why I'm not gonna verbalize on any mm-hmm. of it. But something new came out that completely switched the flick, and everybody's going back to underground and a lot of dispensaries and legal people that actually like dreamed of owning something. Now they're getting fucked by taxes and all this stuff, and everybody's returning back to the roots. Well, <laughs> the, the positive part of that is the quality and the knowledge has increased with so many years of you know having places that is legal. So from that point of view, we're gonna have good weed no matter what. But <laughs> it's uh, it, it is a little bit sad because uh, you know I live here in a state where it's fully legal. In 2020, I don't know how that happens, but you know. It is what it is. And then I come from a country where it's still illegal. And to try and see everybody working towards a progress because they see places like the United States working on it. They see Canada. They see, you know. And then you're starting to put the wheel into motion. And then you're trying to get updates from the countries who do it well. And they're like, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to do about this. We're... (laughs) So it's it's a little bit discouraging because uh, whenever I tell people it can be done from back home, I always show them how the United States does it. And, you know, to have this happen here, it's a little bit discouraging, but I'm sure people are going to, it's not going to go back to the dark ages. So <laughs> speaking of, speaking of uh, starting your podcast, uh, when you started originally, um, I know everything was Romania. Did you by any chance get picked up? Uh, in a local locality of uh, Madison, Wisconsin, or anything like that? So when I started, I was not living in Madison yet. I was living in Wisconsin Dells. I don't know if... Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Okay. Girl, so... yeah, I went, went there when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the water parks. So, you know, it's a very Republican town, a lot of old people with money, and, uh, you know, the, it, I... I don't think there's anybody else doing a podcast out of Wisconsin Dells. So even in Madison, I don't know how many people are doing podcasts in Madison. 
And you're actually the first person who's reached out from the cannabis industry to talk to me. And I mean, I'm not expecting more people because my content is in Romanian. And unless you speak Romanian, there's no way for you to understand. So, but uh, it's nice, you know, it's nice uh, to have the opportunity and phrase thoughts and ideas about the subject in the language of my adapt adaptive country rather than just Romanian and exchange ideas from people who live here. And uh, it's a different reality here, man, compared to what happens in Eastern Europe when it comes to, to cannabis. You know, it's it's at least 20 years ahead what's going on here compared to what's going on over there. So I'm using this as an opportunity to, you know, gain more, more knowledge from people like you and other people like have the opportunity to come across and hopefully spread it to my own country and hopefully people get something valuable out of it and it helps them change their ideas and positions even more all right so since you didn't really get noticed in medicine was there any people in the local areas that reached out to you or did you come by or anything no, man, I've honestly, I've kind of been doing this by myself. So this has, from the beginning, everything's been a solo work. I've learned how to do everything from freaking audio, video. I did not know anything, man. I didn't know how to take a photo. I didn't know how to edit a video. I didn't know how to edit audio. I didn't know how to do ads on social media. You know, I wasn't present on social media. So, so it was a, a learning process that was fun and it still is and i don't know maybe that put put me in in a position where i kind of think of this as like i do everything by myself and i view it as i'm the one who has to reach out to people instead of have them reach out to me but uh, i mean dude i'm open if anybody wants to reach out and I'm also, I'm also, I've also been thinking about uh, maybe trying and do some content in English because it's obvious English speak speakers are the majority in the world, or at least the majority they watch YouTube or listen to podcasts or whatnot. So I think that would be an opportunity also because Romanians, most of them speak Romanian, uh, speak English, sorry, or they understand English. Yeah, so. I, think, I think Eastern Europe in general, like I remember when I left Lithuania, uh, like all the kids my age now, it's 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 normal. If you go to Lithuania and you're my age, it, more than likely, I would say like 80% of the people you're going to meet, it's like a universal language now. You're gonna yeah, man, I mean, the language of the in internet is English. So if you're on the internet, you speak English. You know, so I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Maybe I'll do some stuff and then uh, see how that goes. I've been uh, I've been having my eyes on some content creators from here that blew up in a few months, dude, compared to like I've been working on this for three years, you know, and for Romania with the subject matter that I have cannabis, which was a completely banned subject you know to be able to get to 36 or whatever subscribers i have on youtube and people who tune in and people who support me on patreon or their channel members you know that that thing is awesome so i'm just trying to see how that would scale if i would do it for you know english speaking people because the same issues that we have in romania people have it here 
maybe not in Madison because it's you know it's a more liberal, a more open town when it comes. Even even though cannabis is illegal, you know it's tolerated here in yeah, yeah. in the town of Madison. So people, I mean, you can be stopped in traffic and have an ounce of herb on you, and nobody's gonna. I mean, you might get a ticket, but you're you're fine. If that would have happened in Wisconsin Dells, you get big time jail. So. And plus other countries where people speak English. They might not speak Romanian, but they speak a little bit of English. And, you know, there's other countries, not just Romania, going through the same stuff. You know, that's not just something that Romania goes through. So I think they would be able to find value in 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 uh, what I try to teach. Did you ever think about bridging? Uh, like, you're starting... We, we actually went back and forth on DMs on Instagram talking about, like, you doing the English podcast. I was thinking if you started bridging the gap and explaining the Romanian history and the propaganda and maybe infusing your own experience, how you started um, your YouTube channel, all the feedback that you got from the Romanian people and then you saw the shift, that could be kind of translated into English as of introduction, like, hey, I'm starting in a... You're um, smart, my friend. An English I was, channel. I think that'd be interesting, too, because, like, you see, you're like... When we talk now, it's like for us, it's like almost like a fucking triangle. If you think about it, you're in Wisconsin, where both we came from Europe, fucking both communist towns where Eastern Europe is just completely raped by the Soviets. And then all the ideologies just waterfall down for years. Now we're in, uh, in the United States and one of the greatest countries and to do all this shit. I'm in the weed capital, I would say, of America besides California. <laughs> but no, all I, the, all I say shit, Denver. All... Everybody says Denver is the... Is the I, I, think, I think Colorado in general is just the, the state to uh, to get the business going. I think there's a lot of people that want to join and do some cool stuff. But um, like when you think about it, like we're talking right now, um, I always keep going back like, hey, this was like this in Lithuania back in the day. And now it changed. And I'm referring back to your topic of Romania. And then you kind of referred it back from Romania to Wisconsin. And then it's a, kind of like a flip flop. And we're both comparing points. And I feel like that's like super interesting when you get like. When you get to the point where you, you actually hear people's feedbacks, how it changed and like actually getting direct answers because of you, somebody has been watching you for a while and they're like, dude, if like me and my friends, instead of drinking a shit ton, we started watching a podcast, we smoke now and we like, we do creative stuff, you know, <laughs> we don't do, we don't go around yelling and uh, kicking and screaming and shit like that. Yeah, dude, then there's, there's a value that you're probably not even aware of. You know, most of the times you're doing stuff like that and then all of a sudden you just get a DM and you're like, thank you, dude, because of you, I managed to, I don't know, drop this much weight or I managed to quit smoking or I managed to quit drinking or I've taken a break from cannabis because I've been smoking for five years all day, every day. And I started having an unhealthy relationship to it, you know, so. Even. I don't know, man, there's it's it's rewarding, you know. It's rewarding. Even if you help one person and, you know, they tell you about it, the feeling that you get is fucking incredible. So that makes you want to do even more. So that's, you know, I'm thinking, um, I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that uh, if uh, if I do start doing this in English and your idea of using this as like the introduction to, hey, this is me. I've been an activist in the country of Romania. I've been doing this. I've helped, you know, the whole thing get to this point. Now I feel like I want to transcend and, you know, 
I feel like that would be a good opportunity for me to be able to try and help even more people. And I know it might sound corny and people are might listen and be like, yeah, the fuck you want to help people. But <laughs> unless unless you get one of those messages, you know, or somebody calls you and you have like a video call with them and they tell you and you see, you know, it's it's honest. You're like, whoa, I didn't know that I can have such an impact, you know, and most of us in our lives think that, you know, our lives are empty. We're not really doing anything for the larger purpose or whatnot helping one person one single person will help you not even think of that issue you know it's so valuable and that's that's one thing i love about cannabis and the cannabis community everybody's pretty pretty close because you have this one thing that you're usually you know excluded for or, you know, people don't want to be around you because you're a drug. I remember with my Romanian friends when, you know, I was walking everywhere, smelling like weed. And, you know, you're a dumb young stoner, you know. And just the way they were. And they lived in the United States. So these are Romanian friends that live in the United States. So we've, you know, we've met since we've been here. And just the way they were looking at me in the beginning, like you know, very skeptical and like, oh my God, we've lost you. You've been here for less than a year and we've lost you. And now most of them are, are potheads, you know? <laughs> and they're like, dude, thanks to you. Thanks to you. We, we found this thing that we were trying to find by, you know, drinking a lot or cause you know, it helps with stuff that you usually resort to alcohol or traditionally you resort to alcohol or whatnot, you know? And now they thank me, you know, before they were like being very skeptical and <laughs> they had me labeled as one thing. And now I'm like, you know, so it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. I think the most fun of uh, of the whole process is just to see how, you know, it it went from being really, really, really underground to something that's becoming more and more mainstream. And that has happened here in the States for a while now, you know. But in Romania, where there was nothing, it's just fun. It's just fun to see, like, I don't know. I'm proud. It's like uh, it's like uh, one of those kids that I helped babysit, and he turned out to be, like, the guy that found the, I don't know, the coronavirus uh, <laughs> antidote. <laughs> so you're like, maybe something that I've done helped him get to that. <laughs> so I'm like a proud parent. Let's talk a little bit about when you started uh, filming. Was there any, um, when you started, you said you were doing more of like audios in the beginning, right? Yeah, because uh, my background is actually as a DJ. So I used to oh, DJ. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, kind yeah, of music? Yeah. DJ techno, electronic, house, deep house, all of that stuff, minimal. So I've always been in love with music and audio. And I, since I can remember being a little kid, I always dreamed of having my own radio show. And, you know, being a fan of podcasts, driving a truck, you listen to 100 million podcasts. That's all I was doing. So I was like, okay, let me do my own podcast because I really love the idea of that's just like having your radio show. You don't have to worry about, you know, how you look, how you act in front. You don't need camera skills. You don't need whatnot. Audio skills with me DJing, it was pretty easy to like figure out what you have to do and whatnot. So that's how it, that's how it basically started, and then switched to what I'm doing now. And it's it, it's it's changing continuously, 
it's not set in stone. You know, it's not how it used to be when I started. It's not even how it used to be seven months ago. I'm always coming up with new ideas, the ideas or things I want to try. And in, back in September, I went uh, back to school to study visual communication so I can get mm. more skills in, you know, video production, sound production, uh, graphic design, web design. Because, again, this comes from that spot where I told you I feel like I have to do this all on my own somehow because I do my content for a country where again in the beginning where I did nobody else was doing it so I was alone I'm doing it from here without having access to going over there so I can't really meet people in person and you know so I don't know it kind of felt like I need to get all the skills necessary to be able to sustain this by myself because I'm I'm looking at this at as something that's long term. This is a long marathon. Like I'm looking at Be Real and Cypress Hill. Man, yeah, those yeah. guys have been doing that stuff for 30 some years. And just now, just now, like I look at Be Real's YouTube channel, and he's not getting the views, you know, that he would deserve. 30 some years in, man, Mount Cushmore. And you're still, you know, so this is a marathon. For all yeah, of no, us. And and I mean, it, it's, it is, dude. It's, I mean, when you look at it, it's like you said, I think in the beginning of the podcast, uh, when people are scared to talk about cannabis, like, dude, probably nobody's going to listen to you. And no one's, you might not even get one click on your first piece of content, whatever you release. And it's like, stop worrying about it. But uh, yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, um, I always look at the, um, what's it called? Uh, Mike Tyson's hot boxing, right? Yeah, I follow it too. I haven't seen the new and M and, so. and you see, you see how like some guests fluctuate when they only get like you know a hundred to a two hundred thousand, and the other ones like one point six million. And then some of the guests that have two hundred thousand, it's like, dude, how do you like you're you're one of the top two? Is like how do you get less than other people? And it's like, dude, it all fluctuates. It's about to keep that interest going. If you bring the community behind you onto the podcast that supports the same subject. It's like transversal, like all over the place. But um, I wanted to speak about you when you started uh, YouTube in general. Um, was there any, like, how did you plan your content in the beginning? Was it just like, fuck, I'll do one video a week? Or was it something that you've like, all right, maybe I should talk about this or that? So in the beginning with video was more of a, so it was like totally new ground for me. I've mm -hmm. never filmed anything. I've never opened any video editing software. I didn't, I wasn't watching a lot of movies because I was always thinking about watching movies as a waste of time. I'm like, I could, I don't know, read a book or listen to a podcast and actually learn something. I didn't see the value in it. Yeah. And then I, I remember I was, uh, I was on YouTube and I found Casey Neistat. And I was like, what the hell? Who, who is this dude? I had no idea. Like, I was oblivious to vlogs or anything like that. So in my head, all of this was supposed to be a podcast and podcast only. So then I was watching his vlogs and I'm like, oh, my God, man. How can a person tell a story by doing the most random, boring shit? You know, because most of the episodes, like, you know... You go on your skateboard. You you you've seen. Yeah, that. if you look if you look at it from a different perspective, it's just like what you would do. Except he just knows how to put things around. Yeah, he knows how to tell the story. And I was like, man, I can see the value of video. How you can tell a better story through video than you can by from audio. 
So I, I started just like binge watching everything that I found from Casey. And then I started looking at other people and I try to figure out how I can implement like that storytelling in a video so I can still talk about cannabis and still try to teach people about it without them getting bored. And that's when I started like vlogging. So I would just like I started filming the most random shit in my, you know, just like my daily stuff. But I always try to show that despite the fact that I'm smoking and I try to do a lot of it just to just to show it's not like, OK, I, I did two puffs and then that's it. No, so <laughs> I did a lot of it just to prove that despite of that, you can still do everything that a normal person does. So my number one thing was try to teach people I'm, the importance of staying healthy, both mentally and physically. So I would vlog about, you know, I would go on runs, trail runs, because when I lived in Wisconsin, there's a lot of like, you know, open forest space that you can just go and run. And people really love that. Then I took it to like, okay, uh, encourage people to read, get educated, you know, start listening to podcasts, start doing all of that. And people started becoming receptive just because there was a character, the character being me, you know? I don't know how much they cared about the story or the way it was filmed or edited, because in the beginning it was garbage. I, I don't think they cared a lot because they kept watching, you know, my subscriber count went up, more comments, people wanted more stuff, started giving me ideas, but I didn't have anything scripted or I didn't have a schedule in mind or I, I literally had no plan. I was freestyling everything. and. In the process, I was trying to read books. Like I read uh, Gary V's uh, books. I read uh, Think Media, uh, the YouTube book. I forgot what it's called. Um, I don't know. I read a bunch of books. I watched a lot of videos like, okay, how to do your thumbnails, how to tag your videos, uh, how to, you know, just try to learn it bit by bit in a way that's still fun because I've always looked at it as a hobby the, or at least in the beginning. So the hobby ended up being like this thing that people wanted to be on. Cause then after I got, you know, through vlogging and whatnot, I got to like 20 some thousand subscribers and then people who had, you know, is, like that, when, is, is that when you started um, doing long form uh, conversations, podcasts, uh, like 20,000 or? No, no, no. So the podcast was actually the first thing. And when I started, my oh, podcast okay, were, yeah. three hour, were three hours long. Because I had. Well, what, I was, had what, was, uh, what was your uh, like approach to the first podcast? Because you know how like, do, do you have a lot of friends that ask you like, how did you start a podcast? Like, I don't know what to talk about all this shit. Well, did you have the same things like in the beginning? Like, what am I going to talk about? And then you roll the podcast and you're like, shit, dude, I was just there for like almost three hours. <laughs> dude, the thing is that I am. That's probably one thing that I'm really lacking is uh, a community of people who do the same thing. Because none of my friends have any interest in any of this. No podcasting, no, you know, nothing. So I'm. I, you know, I have to do everything by myself again because of it. So I didn't have that question. But in the beginning, I had a lot of my friends on. 
And you know, it was always that weirdness, like, uh, how does my voice sound? Oh my God, do I have to wear headphones? My vo voice sounds like garbage and stuff like that. And uh, I thought I would be able to get them to fall in love with it, you know, but they didn't. So I, I, I finally moved on uh, and I started doing, uh, like actually approaching people, you know, from, from the community, like again, doctors or, Sometimes I have artists on, or sometimes I'll have uh, growers, or some, you know, whoever I can find that speaks the language that has anything to do with cannabis, because it's not like in the United States. Here, you're able to find thousands, thousands of people who've, you know, even if you talk, talk to a butt tender, that's interesting. I don't yeah. have, I don't have that opportunity in Romania. There's no such things, you know, there's no Romanian butt tender that lives in Romania. <laughs> So I would try to get people on who had literally anything to do with cannabis. And that list is kind of short. So then you end up having to do episodes on your own. And I kind of became really good at that because my episodes now that I have by myself are like 45 minutes, one hour long. And it's basically just me ranting about a certain su subject. And if it's one thing that I've that I can say is a big win since I started doing this podcast is the capability of talking about something, you know, for a longer period of time. Because when you have conversations with people, if you don't do this, they're usually very, like, short. Everybody talks over everybody. People usually listen so they can fill in. They, they don't actually listen. They just wait their turn to talk. But once you start doing this, you learn how to conversate with people. You learn that you need to let the person maybe think a bit before they speak or before you speak over them. And... So I feel like this is a big win that I got from podcasting. And if I would to be, you know, encouraging anyone to start doing this, if there's a reason why you would want to do it, it's this. You have no idea that there's an art to talking to people and having a dialogue. And you don't know that until you have to do it in a way that sounds good to be re-listened to because when we talk we don't record ourselves usually so we don't have to re-listen to it we don't know that we but, we but deeply like. we want to replicate that exactly exactly but then you find out like oh my god i sound like garbage i say like every two words i you know stuff <laughs> like that so if you guys uh, want to learn the art of uh, dialogue or conversation of communication better than reading any book just do your podcast and have interviews even if you if you're not going to publish it ever just do it for the the art of conversation because it's a good practice and uh who knows maybe it takes off like uh yours will i'm sure you know mine will i'm sure as long as we keep working at it and uh keep putting out content especially in times like this man when uh, <laughs> yeah. people sit at home let me ask you this i'm curious because uh my experience has not been how I expected. What are your, have your views went up since all of this is happening or? I'd be, I'd be lying if I told you I know anything, but I could tell you this, that um, uh, instead of posting podcasts to like audio format, Spotify or um, what is the other one that posts? Podcast, Apple podcast. I'm Anchor, I'm Anchor, yeah, and it distributes everything. I would say videos have been performed better. And then one of the videos that got reshared, I uh, got a little bit of more views because in the cannabis community, it was like actually a good podcast and it went through the internal network and that's, and it was at that time when, uh, and I'm only like, what, fucking nine podcasts in. 
I think what happened was like at uh, fifth podcast, I want to reshared it and I got more traction and, and you know how the community is small. Like if I had, imagine this, if I had 30,000 cannabis followers, that is mm-hmm. fucking huge. And like, and you know, if you convert and like do all the views, like that's, that's a huge touch. But, um, in the beginning, like I, I, I don't, I don't even to this day, I don't know. I just know that I base it off right now. I started basing off. If I see more, people visiting my profile on LinkedIn and messaging me or something. And then I see basic metrics like my views, uh, visits, profile visits. Then I know mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong, so I'm going to start doing something. But I haven't established the base point where I could tell a metric right away. Like, oh, because okay. I did this, then this is, you know, like a systemized metric. Because my, my experience is uh, views kind of drop, man. And it's And I'm looking at other people, too. And views dropped, you know, I don't know. People are watching the news all the time. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, <laughs> I thought this would be a better time with what's going on. But I, you know, maybe, maybe the views dropped of the people that don't really matter. I don't know. Because the people that are really interested, I think they're going to still fans, Your yeah. fan base. Yeah, because my fan base is not 35,000. Uh, you know, that's the number of subscribers. But yeah, like you have analytics and you can see and you have the views, you know, so you can figure out an average of fan or I shouldn't say fans. I don't like that word of followers or audience. Yeah. But audience people that support you and your work. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to gauge off right now, but I think, I mean, I, what I see, I remember I told you to get on LinkedIn, what I see on LinkedIn, a lot more, individual like uh cannabis business owners they started uh producing more content because they know you know like the biggest thing the biggest thing in the supply chain that hit us was like china a lot of people that had hemp products or anything were getting from china so obviously um when it comes to that side of the community where the real big business is not just you know selling cannabis where there's actually warehouses involved and people and you know the whole supply chain uh i think that struggled a little bit but when it comes to more of entrepreneurs like us solo people that have small businesses or maybe small teams i think those people actually stepped up a little bit on on linkedin and from my observations i, I see that people are posting more and they're trying to record more um in the past few days when i, I just moved into this place uh, i logged into linkedin and then in the few days i was like holy shit this person actually started recording a podcast so that's that's kind of interesting to see maybe in general scope there is less views but maybe like the smaller niche communities i think it's you might have it's yeah it might increase a little bit of views because of this thing and uh i think for me especially like from my side coming from design side uh i look at I, my audience is a little bit more like businesses and stuff so i look at businesses what they're doing and i gauge off that okay this is where my content might switch or where I'm going to have to, I guess, pivot and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I actually posted something on LinkedIn a few days ago. I was like, is there any metrics or anything around the world showing not necessarily content that's based around coronavirus, but just content increase because. Yeah. Cause, uh, um, one more thing I was going to ask you since yeah. you're somebody who tries to observe what's going on. Uh, what's the situation with the cannabis industry in Colorado now with this whole lockdown is, or let me ask you, has Colorado locked down the restaurants and, or not yet? Till 8 PM. Uh, it's like 8 PM. And they're still uh, dining. They're still, no, no, I don't think dining's, I doubt it. I, I, 
Not everything. I don't think not everything because I, I know that there's still restaurants around my area that they're open. People are dining. Around me, there's a huge, it's a diverse area. A lot of Arabic people, a lot of Asians, like Korean restaurants. There's Mediterranean, Uzbek, you know, like Russian community. So it's okay. very diverse. So you know how like the old traditional people are like, this shit's not going to stop me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> They're like, I'll just go take a shot at home. Like, but um, like yesterday or two days ago, we, I was like, I saw the news and they said that the restaurants are going to be like 8 p.m. Right. So I'm like, my girlfriend's like, I want to be at Burger King. I was like, fucking 8.59. I was like, I don't know if it's open. We call Burger King. drive throughs open until 11 o'clock. They're like, fuck, <laughs> let's go get it. But um, dispensaries, the interesting thing I started seeing is uh, they don't allow like a lot of people in. in. Like one okay. of the, the dispensaries that I go, they only allow two people inside. But, but they're still open because that was going to be yeah. my question. Because yeah. I've heard yeah. like in California, for example, that's on lockdown. So they're on complete lockdown. Some, some of them, no, some of them no, do. I'm no. not talking about dispensaries. Oh, they're state. About, um, yeah. No, but the no. dispensaries I heard they're still open or they do curbside pickup, which is awesome. I think I was going to ask you if uh, Denver is doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. On the state side, to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure. They, they, they're supposed to announce something tomorrow, but it's, it's sort of at the same time. Uh, the governor said it's like uh, Denver is Denver cannot get closed. Like it's uh, there's so many people that rely on everything, and there's if you if you really look at the statistics, it's usually like it's bad areas that have to get closed out, bad counties that are not necessarily in Denver. From what I'm looking at, so it's counties that are like way down south. It's like, oh, okay, it's they're over there, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, like dispensaries took a lot of different uh, switches. There, like one dispensary I went to, they closed down every hour to disinfect the whole place. We're standing out. I was standing outside. Uh, I was like, oh, uh, is this closed? Because they had a note on like due to COVID-19, like we're closed. And then dude opens, he's like, no, 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 we're just uh, disinfecting everything. Every hour they do like a 10 minute cleanup and they only allow like two people in the dispensary. So I was there and this one guy came in, he was standing next to me and he tried to like touch the counter. He's like, don't touch anything. Like, <laughs> and there's like a whole bunch of uh, squirters of uh, hand sanitizer in every right. single corner. But uh, I don't know. I mean, every dispensary has been like sort of different. Some of them do walk up, some of them just only allow two people per, you know, come in and the one, but the best price, I mean, the best thing about it is I think the promotional offers because I just stocked up so much right now for <laughs> such a good price, man. <laughs> you, like, you, you can never be too, too safe. We don't know how long this is going right, to be. Listen, so. listen to this. There was a sale of wax Wednesdays. Uh, I went to one store, every single bong was 75% off. Okay. I'm talking about brand names, everything. I went to one dispensary. They had such sick sales. They had like three grams of oil for $34. That's what I'm talking about, Illinois. Why aren't you doing the same thing? God damn it. But uh, it's, it's to be honest, it's uh, interesting to see what's going on. Um, uh, I mean, I guess where I lived, moved now, it was interesting, but then... My girlfriend was working at Starbucks, so I got to tell you a funny story. Uh, the first day that they did it, they the first day that they had any major announcements about like the breakout, which was like what two, three weeks ago, that really touched down. They stopped accepting uh, home cups at Starbucks. You know, you can't bring your own cup to you know make uh -huh. the coffee. Uh, so they put that, and then the next day the people came in and they asked, "He's like, was it only for one day here?" They already had their cups. Like they were expecting that th somebody like annihilated the virus in 24 hours overnight 
they could they could come in with their old cup, you know, and just say, oh, yeah, it's good again, huh? Dude, it's uh, that was one of observation that I made. I was like, everybody's thinking about this as in terms of uh, next week, you know, like just be okay next week. We're all gonna get back to normal when <laughs> literally nobody has any idea. And it's just a fun observation that I made just by interacting with people and just seeing them how. And that's me too, because in my head, you know, I I so that's how we structure this shit in our heads, you know, we we have this belief that everything follows the same uh, schedules that we do you know we have one day okay i slept it off tomorrow's gone or next week start fresh new week it's uh it's a it's a weird and uh interesting at the same time situation we're we're living in how's uh, how your community reacting in uh in madison how are you guys uh, doing over madison's there? on lockdown dude Lockdown, everything. Yeah, we've all been. I mean, I work in the hospitality uh, business as my job, besides uh, doing this, and uh, I've been laid off. And you know, there's other a few thousand people that have been laid off till until middle of April. So for at least a month, <laughs> we're unemployed. All of a sudden, dude. You know, there's no warning. There's nothing. Just boom, overnight. Sorry, guys. And uh, it's interesting. So it's what, what do you what do you do during a lockdown right now? Like during the day, everything's closed too, or is there some? No, there's uh, you can uh, so different restaurants, for example, they have versions of pickup. It's either curbside or window or one person at a time, or they each have different ways of doing it. There's no dine-in, so nothing that can fit more than ten people is open. Uh, you can walk on the streets, even though it's recommended not to. Uh, I think that's it. There's, I mean, Uber, Lyft, dead. There's some delivery people that are still working. And what, I think what do you, what do you do in the most? Oh, I, I try to like edit and shoot as much as possible, man, because it's the only way. You know, in normal life, in normal days, I would dream about days like this where i can sit from morning to night record edit shoot and that's the version of that's don't the have life to pay I, about paying rent too <laughs> dude that's the life that i envision you know so now you get now I you wake have an opportunity to kind of now fully... i have a taste so this actually keeps me positive and if anything more it gives me even more of an incentive to work harder at this, seeing how fragile this uh, job I had was, you know, it just took fucking 24 hours and I lost it. And that was my source of income. So I'm viewing this as an opportunity to get myself even more in this role, you know, add more hours to those 10,000 hours or whatever you need to become a professional. Uh, try to get out as much content as possible. I'm trying to do a live every day. Just, you know, if anybody wants to, I don't know, talk about something, ask me a question, because I'm sure everybody's fucking tired of looking at the same people there in the house with, you know, staring at the walls, because Romania is on lockdown for more than a week now. So imagine if you're in the wrong position and you're stuck in the house with the wrong people, those <laughs> that week can be hell so if i can help and you know i go live and i try to do at least an hour so i try to do my part and that 
that also you know keeps me sane and so it works both have ways you, uh, have you thought about ever uh, allowing or have you ever done it first allowing uh, viewers to call in and just like do a video call you know how like they do that on instagram now everybody goes right. live and somebody requests in dude how crazy is that you go on instagram everybody's doing a live before you would see a live once every i get notifications days. all day right now i'm like damn this person is doing a live too right now yeah, but to answer your question, I did one Instagram live that I did that, and it's uh, it's a little bit weird, I have to say, because Instagram is not as a so the YouTube community I see more as a like I kind of know who they are, you know, they know who I am. Instagram is not that personal, yeah. so there's it doesn't, it doesn't of, feel safe, right? Because you're like so used to this. Yeah, and then. You know, I'm accepting calls for, I mean, you know, you get a list of like 20, 30 people who want to go in a conversation with you and you're like, oh my God, I mean, now I have to pick, you know, I don't know who these people are and now I have to pick. So then you're like, what do I, you know, you start judging, even though you don't want to start judging, you look at their names, you know, trying to make an idea of who this person is just by their like Instagram handles. So it's, it's weird. And then you accept it and then. A lot of them don't, they just, they just want it to be live on your, you know, it's like they're chasing that fame, which, you know, come on. <laughs> and they don't really have anything to say, but there's other people who, who want to talk to you about some stuff. And those are fun. You know, you can sit and talk for like two, three minutes. Cause if it's more than that, other people get they're like, come on, man, you're holding up all the time. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a dedicated piece for everyone and everyone's just waiting their turn. It's, it's, it's a pretty crazy way. I, I think, I think after this is over, the way we interact on social media is going to be a little bit different than it was before. Because you get yeah. people used to something, things are not just going to go back to, like, this not, never happened, you know? Everything's going to change. How people do content on Instagram, how people do content on YouTube, how everything. The frequency of it, now we've, we're teaching people to consume more, more often. We do this for a few months, we're going to have to be able to keep this up once this is done, because people are not going to want to go back to... What you're only putting an episode a week? What is this? I thought, or what? The corona's done now. You know <laughs> what's going on? They have to go back. Yeah, they, they do it. There's gonna be a sad reality for a lot of people who got who are working. Imagine for the people that were working 50, 60 hours a week and they enjoyed ha listening to a podcast, and now they all have this free time. And then when the reality heads back, that they have to go back. It's like shit, homie. Yeah, dude, it's going to be weird. I mean, just just both consuming and producing online content because that's what we're both doing, you know? Yeah. Just look at how, how Netflix just changed how people view shows, you know? Before Netflix, shows were, you know, you wouldn't see Robert De Niro want to play in a, like a series on any channel. You know, that was for like little actors. Then Netflix came along. It blew up and now, you know, if... The best yeah, thing like you the, can do, the do a, format, a strong series. Right? The format changed, right? The word, like more people, instead of watching a movie, they want to watch the same movie like over and over again. Yeah, dude, you need a longer story. You need more character development. You know, you realize that this is a more complex movie, actually. I'm just breaking it down in smaller parts. So your dumb ass can take in everything. And, you know, but you have the option to binge so you can watch all of it. 
but I feel the way Netflix changed how people and what people consume as content, I feel like all what's happening now is going to have a similar impact. How or when, I have no idea. I can guess. I think people are going to want more often and they're going to get used to consuming longer format. Because now we're going to talk about this like before Corona and after Corona. So before Corona, very short attention spam. I think this will help our attention spam. Yeah, and we're going to have more patience to actually... So podcasts are going to take off even more, I feel like. I wanted to ask you about... uh, Did you recently establish the Patreon and like how the transition when you started getting some sort of income from YouTube? When When did that happen? And then when was your... When was like that oh shit moment, like maybe I should create the page, people will support me a little bit more. Okay, so with Patreon, I think it was a couple of years ago when I opened up my Patreon. And it actually, when I opened it, from the get-go, I had like 15 Patreons. That was the most I've ever had. So, you know... I didn't expect anyone to do it. And when people started donating and, you know, Patreon is month to month. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a, I don't even know what to call it. You develop a relationship because you, you as a Patreon patron, you spend money, you offer this person money so they can do their stuff. So me as a creator, I kind of start feeling a little bit weird because now I have a responsibility. So that changed. And in the beginning, that wasn't very clear with me. I kind of took it took it for granted. But inside my head, I still had that worry. And I knew that I was in a way responsible, you know, because and I went I had stretches where I didn't put anything out because life happens, because it's a hobby, because, you know, stuff happens. But then months passed and I saw that, you know, some people started leaving you know, and I wasn't going to email them and ask you, hey, what's wrong? Why are you? Because I knew, you know, I, I knew what the motive was. So that made me be a little bit more responsible. And then the big twist happened when YouTube allowed me to have channel members. And I opened that and all of a sudden 50 people became members which is the same thing as patreon is like a month-to-month mm-hmm. subscription it's just you control everything from youtube so the problem with patreon is hard to connect you know it's like an outside party that you need to connect with everything else it's on youtube since most of my content is yeah, on yeah. youtube i have everything over there you know so it's everything just under one just roof. youtube takes 50 percent, right does it or something like this right when not the monthlies because when i, I, I remember know, when i, I used to because when I used to watch, uh, yeah, kind of when I used to watch uh, one of the comedians and he had like the monthlies, I think it was like 40 or 50 percent YouTube like split. Ooh, I know they do like 30 percent for like stickers and super chats so ah. for that you get during the live. But for the membership, I don't know. That would be that would that would that wouldn't be cool, dude. Got to check if it out. Took, yeah, I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah, so the big twist happened then because I was like, oh, holy shit, you know, this... And it's not a lot of money. It's just a little bit over $200, you know? It's nothing that you can <laughs> quit your job for. But uh, it's month to month. And then when I do my lives prior to this happening, people would, you know, donate even like 
there were days when I was making over a hundred dollars in like a couple of hours being on the live. Just, you know, and it's not like I wasn't going over there and begging, you know, people just wanted to like, I don't know, they want to support, you know, and yeah, some people had yeah, disposable yeah. income and I don't mind it, man. Like my goal right now is to do just this yeah. and not have to do my jobs and all of the stuff because I'm almost 31 and I'm sick of that, man. <laughs> you know. I've got to that point where I know what I want to do. I don't want to waste any more time doing what I don't enjoy. And this is a good opportunity with what's going on. But uh, having 50 members, I think I have like eight or 10 Patreons right now. Then I have this uh, partnership with the, the backdrop that you see, which is like a news show. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. cannabis news show that I do with this company. So they're paying me to do that, which is good. You know, it's like, like my side job, I do two episodes a month. It's a little bit of money that comes in just from doing this, you know. So slowly I start monetizing. I also have a shop that, you know, I make some money on. So, you know, you gather income from different sources. Even though it's not a lot, you put it together. You're like, oh, it's almost a third of what I need for my month expenses, you know. I'll keep going try and do better content, you know, try and find even more interesting things for the people to watch. And maybe I can scale that, you know, maybe those people are going to upgrade their memberships. Maybe I'm going to get more members. But now I'm in the point where I'm not looking for the million subscriber for that magic number anymore, yeah. you know, because when you start YouTube, you're always like, for some reason, I don't know, in my head, maybe that's the same with other people. There was like the million number in my head, you know. But now seeing that you can achieve a position where you can have an income with even having just a few thousand or 30-some thousands, as, as many as I have, it kind of made me look away from that magic number and just start focusing more on the, the the quality and me putting out content for the people who are watching at this moment instead of chasing hopefully new you know members and i still have new people coming in on the channel you know but uh right now i'm trying to like uh strengthen the relationship that i have with people who are already on my platform and who are already watching me because like you said 30 some thousand is a large number like you said at the beginning of the podcast and you'll see that changes with you know when you're there you don't see it it's the grass is greener on the other side type of thing you know you're at a hundred you you're like man if i wish i had a thousand when i'm gonna hit a thousand i'm gonna be really happy you're at a thousand and your mind's already at ten thousand and so on and so on so i'm at 30 some thousand and i'm i i look at it that i'm i'm you know there's still a higher number that i'm chasing but now i don't focus all my attention on just that number and i've reached a point where i try and devote most of my focus and energy on keeping the people that I already have and trying to find different ways that I can, I don't know, finance this project. I look at it as a project so it's sustainable long-term, you know, because I've been doing it for three years and I've, I've, I've put a lot of stuff on the side, you know, so I can do it. So I've kind of not 
being able to work as much or have the jobs that I could have like a higher income. So financially, I've uh, sacrificed a little bit, you know, before this, I drove a semi, then I had my own trucking business. So I was used to a level of income that there's no way I'm going to be able to achieve it if I want to do this, you know. So basically now I work just to be able to pay the bills and try to focus like I'm, I have that lockdown. That's something that I have to do, you know, just like breathing, drinking water, eating, but then everything else, all my energy and all of my attention gets focused to this because I see that little light now and I want to chase it because I want to fucking get to it before, before I lose interest, you know, people get bored and you know, I can guarantee that I won't get bored if I don't get to the to the next uh, level where I want to. And you, 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 you'll see once, once you hit certain goals that you have, you know, you're going to achieve new ones. I mean, you're going to set new ones and you're going to change new ones. And I think that's the thing that keeps it interesting. But uh, the numbers are not that important. They, I think they distracted me more than anything. Because I told you before, I was having periods of time where I wasn't doing shit. And in my head, it was always an excuse. But now, since uh, I have a little bit of an obligation, I'm more aware of my bullshit. And when I try to like find excuses not to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm learning. I'm learning. So it's uh, it's all I can say. It's fun, though. All right, before we go, I, I don't know why I didn't, quite, I didn't ask you in the beginning. Yeah, uh, what is your uh, Instagram handle name mean? I'm looking at it. Tefilm. Oh, my God, man. See, that's the that's the heavy thing with <laughs> when you have to do something in, in two languages. Uh, so it's going to be P-E-F-I-L-M-U-L-M-E-U. But I'm sure it's going to be way more helpful if there is a link in the description, if, one, uh, if people oh, want to check everything, yeah. Uh, more importantly, I don't know. I'm. I wish there was an automatic thing that just sub- subtitles your videos. That would that would be awesome, dude. I hope somebody gets transcribers. So yeah. Just maybe automatic... maybe 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 you should ask one of your fans to do it to transcribe. Add a. I and did, the uh, dude, allowance dude. did that work or no? How did I they did, do? Dude, they did one episode and I never heard of them again. <laughs> it, it, it's it's tedious work, man. It's it's not not easy. That's why I don't do it, you know. But I feel like it would have so much value. What I'm gonna try and do, I just filmed a video like how to decarb, how to decarb weed, mm-hmm. and uh, I've uh, did it in Romanian, of course. But it's a short video, so I'm thinking about putting subtitles on it in English just as an experiment. Because now I have time. And with the video being short, I can do it. I'm just trying to see what impact it would have. And I don't know. Maybe that's the way I'll be able to communicate with my English-speaking audience if there ever is one. But uh, yeah, links in the description. I'll leave everything. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. What does uh all right, so what does the Instagram name will, name mean? Oh, so that's the name of my channel. It doesn't have like a or how did tran- you come up with it or something? Translation in English. It's one of those things I'm sure you still you spell Lithuanian? You probably do, right? Yeah, of course. Every day. Yeah, so you you know there's expressions that you can say in English or in Lithuanian that 
you can't say in the other language. So it, yeah, it yeah. basically means like, uh, like in my own movie, like I'm, you know, I'm doing my own thing type of thing, but like film. It's like a, will slang. It's like a Romanian slang or something. A lot of people understand. Yeah, so it has a meaning in Romanian. It's just I can't translate it in English because there's not a translation yeah, for it. Yeah, it's yeah. not a saying or, but it basically means like I'm, I'm just doing my own thing. Like I'm writing my own script. I'm playing my own movie. I'm the hero of my own story. I don't give a, you know, you guys do what you want. Everybody is free to do whatever they feel. So that's basically what it means. I don't know why I came up with that when I when I did it. I was playing in my head with different stuff, but I don't know, man. Again, not having any social media experience, I didn't even know that tags was a thing or keywords or stuff like that. <laughs> I had no idea, man, you know. <laughs> and when you're not aware of that, you know, the names that you choose are not always the... But it caught up, you know, people use it, people like it, and... I would have to come up with an English one, though, if I would, uh, if if I would have to do content in English, I would have, I would need a totally new channel. That's the problem. Maybe, maybe just the same thing. I just put English. I don't know English version. I don't, I don't know. Do like maybe, a playlist. Do like a playlist. English. Or one. maybe, yeah, or maybe just start doing on you know, the current channel, just English. I think, I think it's gonna be a interesting rollover because. You're gonna gain. You're possibly gonna gain like a general audience, and even like the Romanian kids and the people that watch you. I think they're gonna tend to, because it's like, all right. So they listen to Romanian, obviously, for the people that can't understand any English. Yeah, the Romanian videos are very valuable. But then it's like the language. Like you're listening to Romanian speaking English, and then like in Romania, people dream about probably America and just speaking English. So it's like. It's like a cool interaction, you know what I'm saying? I'll blow your mind, guys. I'll blow your minds. <laughs> no, I mean, again, a lot of people in Romania speak English, and that's an awesome thing because we had the luck to grow up with no subtitles on our movies or cartoons. There was no sync. There was no, like, voiceovers. <laughs> so it was either you understand or not. <laughs> there was, you know, there, you, there were no Romanian movies. So that's how we, most of us learned English, you know, cartoons, music, and movies. So I wouldn't be worried about the not being understood element. All right. We're nearing hour and a half almost. Uh, before we head out, what are yeah, you dude. up to talk about your projects? What are you up to about your goals? Spread some messages. Freestyle, your time to shine. Oh, I didn't know there was such a thing. Yes, yeah, so I don't know, man. I want to keep on. I want to keep on doing what I'm doing, in trying to educate and inform people from my country because I don't want us to fall behind at this chapter too. Because we're behind at so many things, it's just sad. And since leaving my country, I've always felt that I kind of owe something, you know for not going through the same struggles as them or some sh I don't know it's I know it's all in my head but so this is my way of giving back and I want to I'm not going to stop until people are able to enjoy what I'm enjoying freely and the means and ways on how I'm going to achieve that I don't know yet but switching or adding English content might be on the list. So for all of you guys who are interested in 
seeing how a Romanian stoner <laughs> looks at uh, life and uh, you know it's a pretty interesting social experiment I feel like with you the same thing being from Lithuania and then moving here you know you're a little bit different because you moved at a younger age with your family so I came in my young uh, adulthood but it's always interesting to see how people from different parts of the world uh, go through the same problems and issues and have uh, you know, different ways of looking at them because of the culture that they come from. And yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, pretty fun, so they say. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's going to be links. If you guys want to check uh, my stuff out, I'll be more than happy to have you on my channel. And uh, if there's a pretty nice number of you i'll even uh, make sure to have some english content put out right away and that's a promise are you uh, are you open to any maybe since you got a little bit of more uh exposure maybe channel sending you or brand sending you products or anything to test out are you interested in that dude of course anytime anyone swag for i'll i'll uh, give shout outs i'll i'm uh, i believe in free stuff so hit me up yeah, dude, any brands listening, any businesses, something. He's international, so it's, it's... Oh, yeah, if you guys are doing international business, and, you know, I know cannabis itself is not legal everywhere in the world, but the country that I come from, you can sell accessories, glass, pipes, bongs, whatever, you name it. You can sell CBD, you can... So, you know, if you guys are thinking about the international market, uh, I don't know. Hit me up, and uh, if I like your stuff, I'll be more than happy to wrap it. Bam.